This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nelson. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Submariner First Class Cedric has been sump AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. Yes, that's the sound of the sump star camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ, the home of the Grandstand app. Now, Australia, welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side. HG Nelson opening the dig for another... Se- oh, well, what a week. Let's cut to the chase. A week when too much sport is barely enough. So much excitement, unbelievable excitement, unprecedented excitement. So many big issues hit the fan when the high explosive blew the lid off the septic tank. Long time since that's happened. But to the greatest game of all in round 15. Now, before we come to the results of round 15... Uh, I need to make a few comments about other media commitments during the week. The Four Corners expose of gambling in Australian sport left a lot to be desired. I was not the only one who was outraged by this program. What was missing from this hastily cobbled together Farago was perspective. Perspective. The sort of perspective only a man like NRL boss Peter Volandis can provide. Now, typical of the ABC Como Pinko Stinkerama, the show did not give both sides of the stories, both sides of the argument. There was no mention of the man of feathers, well-publicised position on the punt. Most of you know this already. Feathers maintains that the enjoyment of taking a same-day multi on the weekend's round of NRL matches adds enormously to the football experience. Feathers, or peathers if you like, feathers sums up the wheeze with the phrase, the punt is fun. He believes millions of hard-working Australians love going the plonk and do so not because they're bothered about losing a fat wedge, they do so because they simply get awesome enjoyment by dropping five large in the third at Kembla Grange on a Tuesday when plonking on a first starter over 1,600 metres sent to the barrier at succulent odds. This is the sort of lip-licking wager that has all right-thinking Australians bellowing to their local TB or Neds or wherever. Points bet, you know, bet 365. Give us a bit of that, buddy. Now, that's why Feathers is taking the NRL to the States. People forget that. They're not doing it because they want to, you know, expand the footprint of the rugby league. They want to offer Americans something that Australians have been wallowing in for decades. Our same-day multis are the envy of the world. Elsewhere on television, Million Dollar Island, Roy put me onto this show last week. It's just incredible. Aussies having fun on the sand under the palm trees and swimming. I mean, what more could you want? A million dollars up for grabs? Well, you've got it. It's an incredible show. I mean, sure, it's a long way to go, but it is awesome. And let's not forget the brilliance of the Great Australian Bake Off. Uh, I mention this because that's on the lurk. A great competition. You know, it's easy to see the winner in this. I mean, you know, who knows who's going to win a million-dollar island. It's probably rigged already and all in the can, so you can probably dial it up on YouTube. 
But the Great Australian Bake Off is a genuine competition. A genuine competition featuring, wait for it, eggs, flour, sugar, vanilla essence, food colouring and a top pudge, uh, pudging channel or judging panel, if you like, of Tran Purchase Coo and Wilson who know the cake and where to put it. Now, back to probing the results in round 15 That funny old game in that funny old game called Rugby League. The Melbourne Matmen, fresh from a North Queensland flogging, destroy the Sharks at home. The tune, Sharks 10. Matmen 54. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Now, remember the big red V, the 11 on the trot team? Remember them? They ran in 36 points, pulverising the coach Wooden Myrtle, who struggled to find 30. So it was a nip and tuck affair with the uh, big red V getting there at the end. Well, where to now for the glory, 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 I'm a rabbit crew? I just don't know. Too many questions for the moment. The Tigers have finally found the key and unlocked the Brooks enigma. The shackles are off uh, the plucky half. Sadly, the plucky halfback now wants to, well, wants to leave Tiger Town. I mean, he doesn't want to be part of a glorious future where these stripes come back to the top of the table. No, he doesn't want to be part of that. He wants to go back to a team that's going to lurk at the bottom for the next 10 years. Another big talking point from round six is what, in, what, what is happening at the foul house? Just six points against the Panthers, and the Panthers got 30. There's work to be done at Feathered Central, and uh, even the oracle of hustler pastor Gus Gould is stunned that Mitchell Pearce could be mentioned, uh, well, to be egg-laying again and being shoehorned into Steggall Central. I mean, that's not going to happen, surely, is it? They can't be that desperate they shoehorn Pearce back into the uh, the foul house. And call me Gagai, but is Shane Flanagan back? The man, he looks as though he is. The man at the centre of the dank controversies in Shark Park. He's now back. Well, he's now back. He's moved up the uh, that uh, great road that runs from, you know, Shark Park up to Cogra. He's on that one. I'm not quite sure what it's called, but it'd be called, you know, runs over Tom O'Gleague's Bridge or the other bridge, which is great. They're both great bridges. They both both hook up, you know, Shark Park and, you know, Jubilee Oval, etc. It's all there. Uh, now... The man in charge, Shane Flanagan, is he really going to be putting out the witch's hats, the folding chairs and the medicine chest? Is he going to be in charge of the medicine chests? You know, the peptides, the rescue remedies, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, is that really going to happen? Looks as though it is. Incidentally, what a week for Australian football. Australians put their footballing wares up front in the shop window, turning up in China this week when our Socceroos took on Argentina in the Workers' Stadium. It was a magnificent day, a magnificent day for Australian football. We really stood up. The tune when they, well, when the top chopsticks were down was uh, Aussies nil, Tina's or Messi's two. So we really held that powerhouse of Argentinian football. We almost beat them. That's how I saw it. We almost beat them. Sure, there were no lucky deflections into the back of the net. That way we usually just get our goals. Great. No sort of weird kicks that somehow bounce off some sort of flag that shouldn't be there into the back of the net. No, none of that. We missed all of that and let them have two. Uh, this in a week uh, that the AFL launched uh, China Day at the SCG. Uh, the West Coast play the Swans next Saturday. I think we talked about this last week. Uh, next Saturday at the SCG, it's China Day. Bounce 4.35. Aussie Bok Choi will be front and centre in the trade talks and a sideline cooking demonstration. This has just been announced by the uh, Swans. Sideline cooking demonstrations throughout the afternoon featuring the deep frying of golden circle pineapple rings. Yum. Cricket, a world test, a wonderful win for Australia. It was an old-fashioned performance of, by the Baggy Greens. When I say old-fashioned, I mean it was an exhibition of a man kicking a dog. That's how most wise people saw it. Old-fashioned, sure. Baggy Greens on top, yes. 
Have the blokes, though, taken this dog-kicking form into the first test? <coughs> That's what I'm asking myself at the end of day one. I mean, the jury's out. There's still a fair way to go. I believe that the pitch has been curated so you can play baseball on it. And I'm starting to think about vomiting. And what can be done about overrates? Uh, you know, the, the, the test, the this so-called world test, was just a farrago. I've used that word twice in the me opening remarks. I don't often use the word farrago at all, and now I've used it twice. Slackovers are killing the game. Uh, you know, they were abysmal. That's the only word for it in the world test. This has been talked about for decades. It's a joke, a blight on the game. Some of you have used the words, these words I don't like using again. I used them last week and I'm back using them again. Abomination and putrid. That's how I've seen them described as, the overrates. Uh, and I can see where people using those, word, those words are coming from. I mean, fines do nothing. The suspension of players is the only language that any team, world team's going to understand. If the opposing skips were given the power to stand an opposition offender down for a day or a test, that would sharpen the minds of all those bludgers who just don't want to put in when they're given the ball. Draconian, sure, but it'd have to be part of the conversation. Basketball and the Denver Nuggets win the uh, win the world well in the win the national comp for the first time, beating the Heat in five of the playoffs. Uh, a win that was forty seven years in the making. So some things are meant to last and some things aren't. Forty seven years is a long time without a drink. Now to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask a man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice who incorporates our ethical obligation. Remember, this is the only place that puts the ethical obligation, as in radio shows, puts the ethical obligation up front and centre. Ethical obligation. Uh, he's uh, fully focused on the cost of living crisis that is robbing Australian families of fun and football. What am I telling you this for? Prices have gone berserk and you are living it every day, my very good friends. Through these simple summaries, the voice uh, hopes to demonstrate his love for all Australian families who are currently forced to nick mandarins and chocos from the joint next door to survive the calamity that's falling upon us. I don't know how people in high-rises high and apartments are getting by without their fence that they can lean over and get a few mandarins and chocos. I just don't know how they're getting by. I mean, I think we're going to have to start sending food parcels sky high. The Voice of Hope belongs to the activated one rampaging Roy Slavin, who's the best in the business, always gets the job done and no doubt about it, outstanding. Roy, happy rugby league. Welcome to uh, the bludge again. And can you get the bludging bunny in motion once again by, well, we can get the bludging bunny in motion once again simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week, fully sick cyber dude. Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson, and, uh, of course, happy rugby league uh, to you, H.G., and, of course, to your family. Yes, thanks, Roy. And happy rugby league to all those uh, uh, decent, hard-working Aussies who, uh, like me... Settled back to watch first-class Aussie unscripted drama <laughs> on Seven with Million Dollar Island. Mm. It was great, wasn't it? Only to feel, like me, utterly insulted. <laughs> Look, I've watched my fair share of unflushed bottom-of-the-toilet stuff in my time. I have. But this was utterly unflushable, no matter how hardy the cistern this is an absolute joke of a program. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, the person who invented it obviously looked at Survivor and thought, oh, well, let's just multiply it by 100 and see what happens. You end up with 100 times worse than Survivor was, mm. understandably. You'll be calling the plumbers. But this bloke who invented this program 
also invented Deal and No Deal, which is a great show. It was fantastic. You remember all the, all the suitcases and... And you, you know, had to guess which one yeah, had Yeah, which is it? Is it in that one? No. Oh, ding, ding. You know, deal or no deal? No deal. It's fantastic. Fantastic. You know, it had a real purpose. Uh, you, you understood the rules. Drama. You understood the rules that in every um, suitcase was something and you had to guess what was in there. And the glamour and of it was the fascinating because you'd, you'd rule it out. You'd have to think, oh, well, like card counting. You know, was the $2 in there? Oh, was it? Mm, I don't know. It was Chris great. Kept you involved. Yeah. You didn't fall off to sleep or, you know. It's a pity the show isn't still on. It could have run forever, that show. A bit like Eddie's show. What's that called? Million Dollar Something. Yeah, Million Dollar Something. Million Dollar Question or something. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But it's great. Anyway. <laughs> Million Dollar Island. Forget it. If it, I mean, honestly, if it stays on air for the duration, I'll be utterly surprised. Would you like a question to be asked as part of the process? I want seven to be grilled, grilled. in Parliament. Who's responsible? Who said yes? Who made it? Why? Uh, Who's it for? Hmm. No one. And why aren't you bringing back why deal Why aren't you bringing no back no deal or no deal? Because yeah. that's what people want. Something simple, they understand. A couple of suitcases, something in it, some not. You've got to guess. There's a winner and a loser. Easy. That's what people love. Mm -hmm. Certainty. Certainty, Something yeah. bloody will hang your hat on and know it's going to fall off. No, it's not going to fall off. Well, either way. Yeah, either way, yeah. something's going to happen. Exactly. Either this hat's still there <laughs> or, it's, or it's on the floor. I'm telling you now, with Deal, the hat was always there. Except. With Million Dollar Island, it's always on the bloody floor. Yeah. Hate that. No one likes picking up a hat. Every day, they don't. Can I ask your thoughts on baseball? I hate baseball. Hat on the floor. <coughs> now, Nick Curios's long-awaited return, well, a disaster. And I'll tell you why it was a disaster. I didn't realise at the time why he lost to this uh, unknown Chinese fellow. But I realised later there were, there were no white towels made available to Nick. Nick demands a white towel to wipe himself off. He finds that towels that are of a different colour or have some sort of logo on them aren't, don't absorb his sweat in the same way a white towel does. Wow. And that's what upset him. Wow. I know. He's a real professional. He is. He? You can easily... I mean, I don't have that problem. No, nor me. Nor me. Any towel will do me. Often I don't look at the colour of a towel. No, well, I've got to be honest, I don't. I, I don't. No. I don't. And when I was playing tennis, colour of the towel was the last thing on my mind. Exactly. I was thinking it about it. tells you know where Nick's coming from, though. It does. As soon as he walks out there, the only thing he's thinking about is the colour of the towel. Yeah. And if not, I'll, ch I'll, I'll spit the dummy. Yeah. Uh, now, Novak Djokovic wins the French Open. Now, oh, I mean, it's stating the obvious here, but what an unlikable fellow he is. Eh? Isn't he? How far behind Verstappen, though? Well, I'm going to say, is he worse than Verstappen? Arguably he is. I mean, it's a close call. Very close call. How blessed we are to have two such people in the public eye at the same time to be able to make some comparisons. <laughs> Aren't we? So lucky. Blessed. 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 Now, Australia, of course, are the World Test Cricket Champions, quite rightly. And Scott Boland was the 
spearheading uh, of the of the win, in my view. He'll never let you down, this bloke, and he didn't last night either. I mean, he got a bit of bit of tap, but everyone's got a bit of tap. Uh, but he plugged on and got a very uh, useful wicket. Uh, now, uh, as HG has mentioned, the overrates are now a joke in Test cricket. But I tell you what, they've been a joke since the West Indies in the 1980s. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But they have. But because we've done nothing about it. We've done nothing about it. The community it. hasn't demanded it. The players got to, are hopeless. We've got sleep to the wheel. limit the number of fast bowlers in a team and limit the length of the run-up. I hadn't thought of that. That's an excellent idea, the I length think of so. the run-up. Mm. Remember the rule Pindy Express? Yeah. Used to start his run-up outside oh, the in ground. The dre- in the dressing room. Yeah, in the dressing room. Sometimes he'd be sitting on the bus. He would. He would. Coming off the bus. Through the picket through fence. Through the picket fence. That's Bowl right. Bowl approach it. You know, you'd be like, you'd be able to... You could have a cup of tea. Exactly. While in between balls. Deliveries. Uh, now, the um, the PM promises a public holiday should the Matildas win the World Cup. I tell you what, that's a terrific incentive. I don't, don't want to put too much pressure on our Matildas. But uh, it's a wonderful incentive to imagine they could generate a public holiday. I don't think any other team has. Well, you'd have to say Australia... Is it, was it Australia who won the, uh, you know, America's Cup? Oh, yeah. All those years ago in 83. But did we get a... Did we well, get a the, oh, it was an unofficial one, though. Yeah, no, I agree. This it was is, unofficial. This, this is, is official. So you can have a, a long weekend. A long weekend, yeah. But this... what happens if the final's on a Saturday? Yeah. Do you get the Monday off? Well, I think it's up to the Prime Minister to come out and then make the announcement as to when the public holiday is going yeah, to be. Yeah, fair enough, and I agree. I agree. And make sure it's either a Friday or a Monday. Yeah, so, so people can get People can make town. plans. Yeah, make plans, that's right. Now, now the Socceroos, sadly, are still seeking revenge against Argentina <laughs> after the Beijing clown show. I mean, there's just something wrong with our attack, isn't it? I mean, every now and again we got the ball up front, but it didn't really go anywhere. I mean, we sometimes would kick it across the goal mouth, no one there to do anything with it. Other times we just booted it out over the top. Do you think we were being too friendly? <coughs> yeah, I think we were. I think we were, without doubt. I know you hate friendlies. I do. Um, but I think we're I being just believe, too friendly. I don't friendly. believe in them, no. Now, are our F1 stars being asked to do too much? 22 races this year and there's talk of 24 next year. Oh, that's impossible. I don't know how these blokes survive. I know. There's so much travel involved. You know, it's all very well. You, you're in Barcelona one day, then you're in Monaco the next. That's then you might be in Canada the next, and then you're in Australia, and then you know, just how can does you your keep head up? In. Does your head in? Now the um, Western Bulldogs, uh, Western Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge argues that intent should be used uh... in penalising dangerous tackles. Intent, very hard thing to judge. But I'm sure it's possible. This is a brilliant idea. It is a great idea. Because the idea of the game yes. is to hurt the opposition. Well, I didn't know that. I thought the object of a tackle was to halt the progress. That'll do. Halt the progress of the ball, most importantly. Now, if in halting the progress of the ball you do damage to the player, then you've got to judge the intent of the person who was making the tackle. Did the person making the tackle simply oh. want to stop the progress, progress of, of the ball, ball or did they want to do some damage? No, that's an excellent observation. And now, if you're going to establish there was malice aforethought, if there was malice aforethought... Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged, yes. 
Easy. What do you reckon about that, Roy, though? Do you think that's possible to... Well, you've got to look at the coaching method. If there was anything in what the coach said about the way you should approach your tackling during training sessions, if there's, you know, make sure you hit them so they stay hit sort of talk, then you can say there's implied malice of forethought before the players run out. Fair enough. Now, we've got a case of that to talk about in a minute. We do. Now, can I just come back to that? Look, often you hear, <coughs> you know, great callers like... BT, oh, yeah. saying the player's going to kick the ball to, you know, I don't know, uh, Buddy Franklin. Oh, yeah. He knows what players are thinking. Do you yeah. think he's yeah. got to be burdened with the problem of looking at tackles mm -hmm. after the matches, of all tackles, mm -hmm. and saying, I oh, know I can see the malice of forethought here, yeah. or that's okay, that one? Well, I think it's up to a caller to call it at the time. You know, if, if a caller, and a caller can, you know, Bruce can... Uh, Bruce knows when there's malice of forethought in a tackle. Would Basil Zemplis know? Ba I noticed he's Basil back. Probably he loved knows. it. People yeah. loved having it. It wasn't back. great having Basil back. It last was week. incredible. Well, incredible. Breath of fresh air. Breath. <laughs> so uh, I think it's up to callers to call malice of forethought, so the judiciary can step in at the end of the match, review the match, uh, review, say, Basil's comments or Bruce's comments in the context of the tackle, and say, well, yes, arguably there was malice of forethought here. Call the player in and ask them. Was there malice of forethought? Oh, yeah. Guilty as charged. Oh, simple as that. Jeff Finnick argues that Tim Zhu could be a better fighter than Kostya. That is a big call. That is a huge call. Can I mean, people remember how good Kostya was? Well, I can't, but people have told me. He was me. great. He was incredible. He turned Australian boxing around. He did. I don't think, uh, you know, he, the he younger did. sons are going to be able to do that because it's already turned around yeah, unless they turn it yeah. back the other way. Yeah, yeah. How many belts did Kostya have? Let's say he had four. Mm-hmm. Now, Tim's got a fair way to go. Yes. But if he defeats Charlo tomorrow... Well, hang on. Uh, uh, no, no, he's got a... a, a can't That's then right. Then Charlo. it's Charlo towards yeah. the end of the year. To unite the belts, yeah. that gives him the IBF, WBO, WBF, IBM, IBO, BHP. Yeah. yeah. So All that, those belts. So there's a few belts there in one hit. <laughs> so he may well be our most decorated boxer. No, that's true. Would yeah. he beat the primary school teacher? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's been quiet lately. Been very he? QT. Uh, now, Molly O'Callaghan defeats Ariane, Ariane Titmus in the 200 free at the Australian World Championship. Oh, is that how you're calling it? Australian World Championship? Yeah, that's what they're calling it. Oh, I, I didn't realise yeah, that. Sorry, I didn't It's got an official title. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just any old meet. It's, it's an, the Australian, Australian World, World Championship. Gee, they've got tickets on themselves, haven't they? they Australian I know swimming. They I know. But uh, this my old Ca uh, Molly o my, uh, Sorry, M M Molly O'Callaghan, she's... Certainly got the goods. And, she, it's a fantastic swimmer. And how sad for for Ariane Tidmus. I mean, it didn't last long, did it, the, the glory days? Well, well I think cool. she came back and won the 800, might have been. Yeah, she might have to go to the longer distances. She might. Mm. She might. But isn't Australian swimming in good hands? Oh, it's incredible. And Kyle Chalmers oh. fired off a shot. I know he did. At the National Worlds. At the Australian World Championships. National sure Worlds. Sure did. Of course, a wonderful week of the greatest game of all. Now, I'm wondering, has the public and the press put too much pressure on Freddie? We might have time to unpack this during the show It's a beautiful today. question. It's, it's, it's arguable, isn't it? Um, I, I've been asking for an embargo on any Freddie talk during State of Origin for the month leading up or maybe six weeks outside until the end of the series and then 
You can have a discussion about Freddie maybe for one or two hours and that's it. But it doesn't work that way. People seem intent on putting as much pressure on Freddie as possible and I don't know why. There's a lot of <clears throat> unresolved issues there. <coughs> yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about Queensland. They tend to speak as one. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's I not don't much. Mean to there's, there's blow up their tyres or anything like that. No, no, no. But there's no pressure on Billy. Well, that's the difficulty. Is none at all because no. Billy's got Cam there. True, and JT, and JT, and the King, and the King, and, and Alfie Langer, and Matthew, and Matthew Johns, and I tell you, and Gus, <laughs> Matthew Johns, and Gus, and Jim Bannigan. Yeah, Jim Bannigan. You forget him, the forgotten don't you? man. Yeah. Now Brent Tate, Brett Tate. Now I haven't thought of Brett Tate in a long time. He thinks Nico Hines is not of origin standard. Oh, that's a big call. That is a very big call from Brent Tate. Very big call. And I hope he's not right. But I think uh, Nico Hines has been dudded in a way. So do I. I think he... He's been really dudded. I mean, why pick him in the first place if you're not going to use him for the role that he was originally selected? Yeah, and then what's he doing? And on... then what's he doing? Oh, no, I forget know. it. It makes no sense. And as HG has already alluded to, uh, Luke Brooks is to... Leave the Tigers. I don't know where Luke's going to go. Some are saying overseas. Oh. Hmm. Like Catalan style. Catalans in uh, in uh, France. Yeah. Uh, or maybe Canada, I've heard. Oh, the, uh, over to where the, Wade the, the Graham. Tim, Timberwolves? Timberwolves. Or, you know, wasn't it the... Um, hmm. Was it Wade Graham who's going to somewhere in Manitoba or Ontario? Is he really? Is Wade, Wade, Wade Graham, the, the, the shark. The shark, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it was a very big So game. he and Luke are going to link that, up in oh, Canada. Isn't that great? That's fantastic. God, yes. they'll have a national team there. They will. Make of that what you will. Steam. You asked for it and now the tap is turned on. The Matthew Lodge Fitness Centre now features the Volandi Steam Room right next door to the Noodle Stool Boxing Studio at the Watsford Oval Complex. Membership free to all bludgers on the blind side. Now, <clears throat> uh, we come to the Lenu and the Wahira Graves incident. Uh, perfect origin endorsement for uh, Spencer. Uh, the Panthers teammates, uh, after the Premiers had uh, enough of the Roosters enforcer, Lenu challenged Wahira Graves to meet him in the car park. Oh, I like that. I know, I, I thought that'd, mm. you know, yep. float your boat. Uh, after the comprehensive win uh, at Penrith, I think 30 to 6 over the foul house last Saturday night mm. when both players were sin-binned after uh, a heated clash. Now, can I just put that coverage of that incident on pause? Mm. Now, they ripped into each other in the final stages of Saturday night's uh, match at Allianz. Remember the scoreline again, 30 to 6. Mm. Uh, Ted, uh, uh, well, he said to his captain, let me knock him out. What Jared said to Ted. Mm, Jared said to Ted, let me knock him out. Right. No, Tedesco said, hold your cool. Hold your cool, okay. Gee, that was, well, yep. I mean, he's playing rugby league and he can come up with a line like that. Okay. Hold your cool, yep, Jared. Yep, yep, yep. Jared said, let me knock him out. What again? He repeated himself. He re <laughs> I said, no, Tedesco said more firmly. So As they were both consistent in their positions. <laughs> they didn't change, they didn't weaken. As Linu was restrained by teammates barking at where he graves aids to bring his to bring it, his protagonist laughed off because Tedesco had told him to. Uh -huh. No one else could tell Jared what to do except for Ted. That was Roosters coach Tent Robinson weighing in. Jared respects him so much. 
that he asked twice to fight, but Teddy said no, mm. and that was it. It's the consistency of Teddy's actions, his clear words that makes him a leader. He's got ultimate respect because he's the tough in the toughest of times. He's always there. Isn't that a wonderful story? I, I mean, it is an incredible story in the week of origin. Yes, coming up. yes, the week of origin. Yes, coming up. we've got that sort of yes. insight. But I wonder what. Uh, hmm. I wonder what led Jared to believe that Teddy would have said, "Yeah, knock him out." Good thinking, Jared. Malice of forethought. Mm. Now, yeah, I, I like. And in the, the past, has Teddy said, uh, "Oh, yeah, why not, Jared? Off you go." <laughs> Can I point out what's even worse is Jared respects him <clears throat> so much that he asked twice, mm. but Teddy said no. Yeah, it's the consistency, as you point out. I mean, that, yeah. imagine if Teddy was a yes man. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, Teddy's not obviously. No. <laughs> obviously, yeah. But I wonder what made Jared think that Teddy might have changed his mind in between those two moments. You know, can I knock him out? No. Oh. Can, can I, I knock, knock him, him out, out now? No. Oh, okay. Now. Uh, so are they going to meet in the car park or what? Or did they meet? The difficulty is is the car park seemed to have cars in it at the time and not All enough right. space for two, you know, bigger people in the rugby league to get it on. Right. But donkey circuit. Ah. Okay. See, that'd be great to get him in the donkey circuit. Sure. I, I don't know if these two people listening may know this. Mm. Um, uh, have had words before. Um, the t- the, you know, Teddy says these are the toughest of times. Teddy says this. Yeah, the, the New South Wales are captured, admitted in the dejected rooms after the 26 loss the other night in Adelaide. Mm. Admitted to Sneesby's rag. Mm. This is the most difficult time as a player, which is which is telling given the litany of career-threatening injuries he's grappled with when he came into the NRL. Mm. The remarks displayed a self-awareness about his own form that few players, uh, even the best, possess. Right. Well, hang on, that's a bit disturbing, isn't it? Mm. He's meant to be leading on Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, Normally if it requires a, a coach or a teammate to point it out, but Tedesco's different. The Blues have been hypersensitive about the commentary around their defeat, obviously in Origin 1. Mm. That's, that, that's okay. The pressure of Origin can be crushing. Yeah. But the captain has shrugged off the criticism, including calls for him to be dumped for Game 2 at Suncorp, obviously Wednesday night. Right. He told reporters, uh, for Sneesby's rag, for me, I felt like a, I let a lot of people down. Right. Well, he said he didn't ice anything. No, that's right. I mm. let Jared down yeah, because right. I wish he'd knocked that mm. guy's block off. Mm. It wasn't about media or random people telling me how I played because those are opinions that aren't very important to me. I felt like I let friends and family friends down. Friends and family, yeah. Who were really excited for me to play well and I could feel their disappointment. I mean, have so, you ever so, experienced So Teddy this? felt as if he'd let, he let the blues down. It was his fault. Well, the trouble is there's so many people standing up saying I let them down. yeah. Did Luai was there was there a, a, a sort of honesty session? Did Freddie have an honesty session after the game? I, I don't know that because so I, that Freddie might say, "Well, okay, blokes, uh, could anyone who felt they let the team down stand up, please?" Uh, and, and reveal and obviously how. Teddy stood up. Yeah. Was he the no, only you one? Sit down, Teddy. We know where you. We stand. know where you stand, Teddy. Or thanks, sit. Thanks, you can mate. sit down. Did anyone else stand up? Australians, you must always ask yourself. What can I do for Rugby League? The results will amaze you. This is Bludging on the Blind Side, ABC Radio. Now, we're here at Argraves incident. Bobbed up uh, earlier. Mm. Um, now, the t- teammates after Moses Leota copped an elbow from the veteran prop. 
This seemed to be what started off. Leota was left bloodied and forced from the field for HIA. Because Jared, from, from... Maria. Jared hit him. Yeah, Jared hit him. Maria Argraves. Oh. And the Panthers sources say the players were still incensed by Maria Argraves' comments after full time. Mm. The context exploded when Jared squirted a water bottle at Leniu and threw it towards the Panthers players. Now, I didn't see this. I didn't see that either. That's provocative from Jared, isn't it? It is. Squirting a bottle as in a pissing on Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's got... It's the symbol. Yeah, and then to hurl a bottle as well. Yeah, hurl a bottle. You can have a whole lot. You can have any bladder as well. Mm. You know, I mean, it's not nice. You get the impression that that Jared was unhappy to be on the losing team that day. I got the idea, though. That's what I'm getting. If he was in the... It should have been up to Teddy to calm him down and say, you know, Jared, it's not your fault, it's my fault. Yeah, or if he was in an origin side, he would have been the first to stand up and say, no, I copped it. Mm. Freddie, it was Mm. me. Mm. Leonu then challenged Rooster's prop. Now, what's great is, wait for it, what happens next year, Roy? Spencer is going to be in Jared's team. Ah. Because Spencer's making his way to the foul house next year. Right. As, as part of the wholesale changes. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. I think they're getting a few Penrith players as well. Right. Okay. Now. Well, you know they're going to respect each other <laughs> because they, oh, neither of them took a backward step and out in the middle, apart from, apart from Jared because he was told to by Teddy. And the car park. But then Jared went on with it with the water bottle stuff. Yeah. And, and that would have earned the respect. True. That's great. That, I hadn't mm. thought of it that way. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be. You've got to respect that. A lot of them, got, I mean, a lot of the Penrith boys in the bus on the way home would have said, what about Jared, eh? The way he squirted that water at us. Ooh. And then threw the bottle. Then yeah. threw the bottle. Whoa. Gee, I'm going to put that away. Respect, man. <laughs> in trouble again, on and off the paddock? Well, the legal firm of Burgess and Kolomatangi, the Southsider specialists, can represent you at the tribunal from a simple high shot to murder. Contact them through bludging on the blind side. Oh, yeah, Lenyu might be the uh, person, that the other person. I was just... And Lenyu's going to the Roosters. As I understand it. Well, yep. Isn't that great? Uh, now, Isn't that great? So Jared was uh, slugged with $3,000 fines for was his he? grade one contrary conduct. Mm. As two similar Because of the offenses. water bottle stuff? Or? The water bottle stuff and yeah. the picking on Lenyu. Right. Uh, Lenyu's cleaner, cleaner record saw him only have to pay 1800 for the thing. Right. Uh, so Jared, they were both seen as protagonists. They were. Jared and uh, another for, had another for an obscene gesture towards the crowd as he left the field. Mm-hmm. He uh, copped almost 10,000 in fines from the melee. Or the melee. Yeah, right. Uh, so it was, it was on. Yeah. Jared had a fair bit to say, especially after the elbows, which ticked it all off. Leota, Leota got it, copped an elbow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, Luo said, I think that was just part, part of the build-up of frustration. I understand what happens on the field, stays on the field, but there's got to be a drawing of a line in the sand. We've had enough of him. Of Jared. Well, who hasn't? Who I've got hasn't? to be I mean, God yeah. almighty, Jared and his elbows. I mean, there's a film in it, isn't there? There is. I mean, the elbows almost a stand alone, aren't they? They are. They They've are. got their own personalities, either one. <laughs> aren't they? That's one. Well, well, I've got a, you know, I've always had this theory that Jared has no control over his elbows. They no. control him. True, I think that's right. There's a fair bit of truth in that. Yeah, they, you'd have to talk to Teddy, of course, and you wonder when Teddy's talking to Jared whether he's actually talking to the elbows. Well, I'm sure he is talking to the elbow. Now, what 
What I think is, you're absolutely right. I think they arrive at the scene of the crime. At the same time Jared does, sure. Well, within a split second, I've got to be honest here, is the elbow often arrives first. Yeah. Well, there's often malice of forethought in either elbow. No, well, we... It's beyond, beyond Jared's control. Well, here, the, uh, the one who's making the complaints, Lenny, who arrives at the Roosters, mm. uh, the, the 22-year-old has spoken repeatedly about uh, we're here, Argos, being a childhood hero. Rugby league writ large, isn't that great? That's great. Penrith coach Ivan Cleary was unimpressed with Jared and took issue with the contact with Leota. Uh, The incident did not warrant a charge from the match review committee because of pure rugby league. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lenu, meanwhile, uh, had been in contention for origin call-up in game one until he suffered a ruptured testicle, which can do your origin chances, you know, set him back. Yep. Uh, if New South Wales coach Brad Fittler gives me a call, I'll be ready. Yeah. Lenu said, I'm not a big fan of Queensland. If Freddie gives me a call, I'll rip him. Isn't that great? That's great to know. And the idea that they were heroes, childhood heroes, isn't yeah. that great? Yes. I wonder yes. how many people out there, you know. Well, I don't know anyone who's playing these days that doesn't respect Jared. <laughs> For his elbow work. <laughs> his elbow work alone. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, um, I don't know, you know, the, would, would um, I forget the the um, Melbourne mm-hmm. prop, Solomon oh, yeah. Asafar Nelson be yeah, in the yeah, same yeah, class? Yeah. Well, he's obviously a student yeah, and of Jared. Kafusi would be a student. Student of it, yeah. Well, I mean, look at the elbow work of most of the players. I mean, people talk about bum on, where did it come from? Obviously, Constable Craig yeah, Constable the original Craig. the best. Yeah. Now, when it comes to elbow work, you've got Jared... And then a hell of a lot of imitators. Rugby League remembers the Great War. Rugby League remembers the Depression. Rugby League remembers all the horrors inflicted by man upon man. Rugby League never forget. Rugby League never forgets. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Look, odd people turn up at training at, uh, you know, at uh, origin time. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think the Queensland team were a bit shocked to see Eddie Jones, the... Uh, oh, the Wallaby the, guy. The Wallaby, the coach... No, sorry, the uh, Cadbury's uh, fruit and nut man there yeah. at training this week. Jones noticed how focused Slater had his players mm-hmm. yesterday, even though they would have been tempted to take shortcuts against inferior opposition. They had a, uh, you know, sort of AVB oh, team okay. practice. Yeah. They yeah. were, you yeah. know... Sort of a, playing a practice match of genuine sort of right, interest. Right, sort of possibles v probables. Good on you, well done. Yeah, yeah. Now he um, he said, uh, I'm a great, this is Eddie, I'm a great believer that you learn a lot about your coach by the way he talks in TV interviews. Well, and that's when, true, isn't it? And now this is apropos your comments of Freddie. Hmm. He, when he, uh, he said, talks in TV interviews, and when he speaks, Billy is assured by the humble, is assured but humble, yes. and doesn't allow himself to get involved in discussions about what he doesn't have to. That's right. He's been taught well by the map master, Mr Fuji Bellamy. Mm-hmm. You uh, you can see that. He has great focus and you can see the boys and the way they're training, they're really focused and really committed to training well. Yes. Now, is that true that you can learn a lot from the coach by what he says in interviews? I mean, what do you learn about by Wayne Bennett from what he says in interviews? Or mm-hmm. what do you learn? Well, you learn from Wayne Bennett Say that, nothing. that he hates the press. <laughs> He doesn't like the press. He doesn't want to have to do it, have anything to do with the press because they often ask questions that he doesn't want to answer. Fair enough. Which is fair enough. Now, but then again, uh, Wayne has never been part of the commentary team. 
he's never had to sit down and talk about the game while the game's going. You know, he's never been put in that position. He's never been interested. No. And no one would probably hire him because he probably has not much to say anyway. No, that's right. It's all said He's a man of very few words. Yeah, the quiet man. But the quiet man of, of, of Lee. Uh, whereas Billy is, is quite loquacious and enjoys a chat and is quite diplomatic in the way he fields questions quite professional in that way, in the same way, uh, even more so than Bellamy, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Freddie will... Uh, uh, sorry, he, he will often... Uh, Billy will, will talk about nuance and that's that sort of thing, you know, really considers about what he's saying. You know, we, we have goals, uh, we, we, we have personal goals, we have team goals and we try to enact these goals as best we can. It's next, effortless, though, for Billy. Yeah, next question. Yes, yeah. What, do, what do you think of Freddie? Look, I, I make no comment about uh, opponents because, honestly, I don't think about them. Any other questions? No, I think that's it, Bill. No, thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. I, I could suggest a couple of questions for you. Why don't you ask me why I'm so successful? Why are you so su- successful, Billy? Because I answer questions. That's Billy, isn't it? It is. Whereas Freddie is always under the pump. You know, it's, it's always... When are you going to... Yeah, when are, you, when are they going to win, Fred? Yeah, I know. Are you well, going to get fired at the end of this one? Yeah. yeah. Have you done enough, Fred? Have you done enough, Freddie? Uh, I mean, are you, got, are you doing any uh, that earth work? Are, you, are they <laughs> taking their shoes off again, are they, Freddie? Are they sitting in the pyramid? Are they practising rugby league, Freddie? You got them thinking about rugby league, Freddie? Who's in the team, Fred? Why did you pick Nico Hines, Fred, if you're not going to use him? Mm. Why, why did you treat him as a joke? Why, why, why did you ruin his career? Why didn't you pick why Adam? Why do you hate him? If you if you if you if you picked him, why, why do you hate him? If you picked him, why, Freddie? <laughs> Freddie, one final one before you go. Mm. I know you've got jobs to do and media commitments and stuff, but why don't you pick Adam Reynolds so the team can get a coach? Yeah, have you thought of that? Now, talk so, back there's, so there's a fair bit of hostility, isn't there, yeah, towards there Freddie? But do you think he should have done something he about known building bridges? Going to happen. Why don't invite the press to on an earthing session? Yes, or invite them in to look at his coaching methods. Oh, well. That'd be a a shock, wouldn't it? It would, because there'd be a sort of very slim pay book with a lot of pages and nothing on them. they just sit in there and watch videos, don't they? Yeah, I think that's right. And then, uh, all right, blokes, out you go. Um, There should be some balls out there. Are there any balls out there? I think so, Fred, yeah. Okay, mate, off you go. And um, what day is it? Uh... Let's, talk, let's meet back here, say, Wednesday afternoon about five o'clock. And we'll get Andrew Johns in for yeah. a few words. That's right. <laughs> now, talk back, yes. yes well, talk last, back last week's talk How'd back you topic go? was, uh, are you happy with Langer and Hayden's cricket commentary? 100% people, no. <laughs> no. And I tell you what, it was a breath of fresh air to have someone like Nasser Hussain and Tubby Taylor. Oh, well, they know uh, where the uh, off stump is. They do. And they don't have to bloody talk about where the off stump is yeah. and anything like that. They, they talk that. about real cricket issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, we had Punter again last night, you and know, speaking sensibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kevin Peterson might have been part of the team. He was, you know, quite listenable. And uh, we, did, we didn't miss uh, Langer and Hayden at all. No, no, no. They're not coming back, are they? I don't think so. No, no. I'd rather Todd Woodbury choose you know. So would I. Yeah. I mean, I, Todd looked terrific. Yeah. Now, this week's talkback, HG. Um, oh. Is Djokovic worse than Verstappen? That's a great topic. It is, isn't it? How would you decide? Well, it's up to people. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I it's up to people question. during the week to talk about it in their homes, 
you know, around the at dinner the, table, etc. At et the supermarket, where yep. prices are going berserk. Come to a group position and uh, Ring make, us. make the call. Now, are you worried with the uh, the atmosphere in uh, Canberra at the moment inside the bubble mm-hmm. that you're not going to be able to get these through to the right people? These these summaries of what the nation is thinking, yeah. and I use this word in the, without wanting to cause mm. add fuel to the fire, but there's a lot going on in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people's positions seem on something like as simple as that, you know, who's better for stepping or geography. <laughs> it's a bit hard to tell what they would think about something like that yeah. and what they do with the information that the Australia's thinking about it. Yes. I mean, yes. am I making this yeah. too hard? Yeah. Yeah, well, there seems to be a lot of sort of navel-gazing happening. Mm, there is. And, and people, I think, are sick of that. People want people in Canberra to look Fix outside the, the bloody bubble and get something done, get some bloody houses built, get some facilities done, you know, get something over the line. Yeah. Simple as that, yeah. rather than just continually naval gaze. And when something like the housing issue comes up... yeah. They put a roadblock in front of it, which is nasal nasal gaze. Yeah, yeah. I wish they had nasal gaze rather than naval gaze, but that's just me. Yeah, that's right. Looking up people's noses, they might find something. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I don't get it. And when has ever grabbing someone's bottom been thought as a good idea? No, indeed. When does that ever work? I mean, how how does it work? What's the mind doing? What's the mind doing? I mean, the mind, you know, these are meant to be people who can represent the nation. I know. I don't get it at all. The inaugural Advanced Rugby League Foundation Ball will be held at La Montage Roselle on Friday the 28th of June. The theme is reality. Book now to avoid disappointment. Ticket prices start at $1,200 and are only available through rugbyleagueyep.com.au. That's rugbyleague.com.au. Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. And if you want to be involved with the show, 0467920222. Yeah, guess what? That's the text number. And the old-fashioned way, RoyanHG at abc.net.au. That's RoyanHG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Yes, uh, they have. Actually, just on the text, Scott's been in touch. Uh, although Scott's disappeared, so uh, I can't tell you what Scott was saying. Well, it's like that. Yeah. He, he, he comes and goes. Yeah. He comes, and then when you expect him to be there, he's gone. He's gone. Mm. Now, uh, Christine's been on the uh, the uh, email. She says, uh, happy rugby league. Uh, good. <clears throat> Thank you for the opportunity to provide some feedback on commentary by Langer and Hayden. Oh, wow. Mm. She says, I have to resort to putting the sound on mute so I don't have to hear their self-absorbed drivel. I'm in full and total agreement with everything you've said about how awful Langer and Hayden are talking about what's going on. Hayden seems so short on what to say as to repeat himself the whole time and Langer just sounds like a whiner who can't accept he's no longer a player. Well, that's a very good observation. That's very sad, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Uh, Now, this comes from uh, Russell. Uh, He says, happy rugby league, from uh, Russ in Nambour. Nambour, Queensland. Mm. Probably a maroon. Probably. He says, when you use the phrase rugby league, the greatest game of all, it was coined by a Brisbane caller named George Lovejoy for the radio station 4BH. Wow, that's a memory. I didn't know that. No. Before television in the 50s and 60s, he would call from the sideline 
using a fold-up card table, rain or shine. Like Frank Hyde. Like Frank Hyde. And talk about the greatest game of all. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful to know? That's it's, really it's good. A, a real bit of history there. I don't know McQueensland callers well. In the old no. days, before I became interested, there was a great caller called Kev Kelly. Oh, yes. And he, one day, New South Wales, this is long before State of Origin, mm -hmm. uh, New South Wales lost to Queensland yes. and his immortal sign-off was, it's a great day to be a Queenslander. Well, that's great too, yeah, isn't I know, it? isn't it? Great it catchphrase. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Did you say to me uh, during the week, HG, that there was talk of talking footy coming back to you? On seven, yes. On See, seven? they're not stuck for an idea. See, Million Dollar Island... Yeah. Well, that's going to fall over. They'll have to well, replace they, they, it with something. Is talking footy going to come in? I think talking footy will go into that slot. Yeah. And what I th like about it is Million Dollar Island seems to have freed the floodgates mm. at, uh, or, you know, the speed humps at seven, and so they've got all these new programs blossoming for yes. us. Talking yeah. footy. I'm not sure that your favourite duo of Mike Sheehan. Bruce, Bruce and well, Mike Sheehan. I don't think they're be. going to be doing it. The new generation of Bruce and Mike Sheehan. Well, who could it possibly be? Yeah, I know, I know. Basil Zemplis maybe, you know, obviously. Well, that's not a bad call. No, it's good. Basil sensational. Well, Basil to do the Bruce stuff. Yes. So and who's going to be the colour fella? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They might get BT in. Basil and BT. Well, that's got a ring to it. Mm. I'd watch that. It used to go for an hour. Would they limit it to an hour, this one? Well, I think if... I, I think, see, the difficulty is if it's going to replace, uh, you know, Love Island... Uh, sorry, uh, not Love Island, Million Dollar Island. Gee, mm. there's so many islands. Mm. Uh, I reckon what they'd have to do is I think uh, Million Dollar Island goes for quite some time during the week. They might be looking at about nine hours of commentary during the week. OK, fair But enough. Basil and Bruce... Well, or they Basil and VT, they, they can hold up. Hold up nine hours. Yeah, they'd have some guests. Oh, yes. Competition. And footage to call. Oh, yeah, well, this footage. This incident here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Madison Forthwood. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Mary on the text uh, says, unfortunately, it did not look like the first day of a test. Not much faith placed in the bowlers with such a defensive field from the start. Who is captaining this Australian team? Doesn't look like a bowler. That's pretty cruel, isn't but it? But is out of this current yeah. thing? Yeah. The, 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 uh, well, the Australians did, did go into defensive mode pretty early, mainly because the the pitches erode. Yeah, I know. There was I absolutely no movement of the ball one way or the other, either up or down or sideways, no swing. So they had to go defensive, I think. Um, now, I think the Australian plan should be to uh, bat for the next three days. I think so, yeah. You get six or seven hundred. And get them out. And let's see, how, ba let's, let's see how baseball works on the last day. Could and I think that, um, I think the, you know, Ponting's position is is that these roads, as you call them, that they're going to lay down, yeah. it'll come back and bite them on the bum. They were his words exactly. Yes. That's yeah. bite England on the bum. That's right. That, that's, that's right. There's your malice of forethought there. Yeah. Now, this comes from Liam. Oh, uh, Liam. Happy Rugby League. Um, uh, to both you and all those Australians that understand that a punt on the, on the dish lickers after a dozen schooners is one of life's truly great pastimes. Well, there you go. That wasn't uh, That didn't come out of the Four, four quarters, quarters show, did it? No, that was complete. Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing about the Four Corners, which I watched in, with interest, of course. Well, who wouldn't? But they didn't have any winners, did they? No. They Not didn't. one winner. No one's saying, yeah, I, I'm taking the whole family on a holiday for six months because I just won yeah, okay. dot, dot, dot. Uh, I picked four yeah. or 20 or whatever you call That's it. That's right. For the third time in a month. I can go on holidays. That's right. I, and now I don't have to work no more. 
because I won so much. Did you hear that? No. The other thing that disturbed me was the avoidance of the issue mm. that the NRL and the AFL are completely supported by gambling money Yes. at the same time yeah. that they're the main advocates <coughs> for taking the, uh, you know, the ads off TV. I don't understand how that works no. either. I know. They've got to get rid of it. They do. Uh, now, schooners, yes. I was recently travelling from Brisbane to Boona, a small town southwest of Brisbane, uh, and noticed that work had commenced on the Greater Brisbane Racing Centre. Isn't that great news? What's that involved? The new home of Greyhound Racing in Brisbane. This is a centre of excellence? Well, this, of course, excited me enough to do some research to find out that it is $39.15 million project that includes three tracks, world-class facilities for dogs, trainers and punters, among many other outstanding features. To my dismay, however, there was no mention of this being a centre of excellence. <laughs> Surely 39.15 million gets us a centre of excellence. I would have thought so. Can I point out the other burden here is there was no mention of the ethical obligation. No. Meaning that this track would have to be used afternoon dogs, evening dogs, morning dogs, say Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. and then you start to get a usage which justifies the $39.1 million. That's right. If I've got the right number. School <coughs> sports days could be... Exactly. Perfect. Put, put, Perfect. On a, put on a little meet for the, for the kids in the afternoon. How about they bring their own pets and see how they go? What a terrific idea. Because dogs will be allowed in schools soon as companion animals. They probably are already. They probably are already, yep. Now, this comes from Hayden. Mm. <clears throat> On the topic of uh, not enough suburban tennis courts in Australia, leading to the lack of dominance by Australian tennis players on the international circuit. Fact. <clears throat> I would like to bring to the nation's attention a shocking discovery I recently made. Mm -hmm. A few Sundays ago, I travelled to the North Brighton Community Garden near Glenelg in Adelaide... Oh, yes. ..to <clears throat> take advantage of their autumn sea seedling and plant sale. Yes. There was a large... <laughs> An impressive array of plants for sale alongside a variety of fresh produce grown by the community. As I wandered through the raised garden beds, I noticed white lines on the bitumen surface beneath my feet that when I imagined connected would resemble the configuration of a tennis court. On further investigation, I was informed by the community members manning the plant stall that indeed the garden was situated on several tennis courts. With Australian tennis greats like Darren Cale and Leighton Hewitt learning their trade amongst these Adelaide seaside suburbs, could this explain the dire situation of Australian tennis today? Wow, that is a, that is a jolt to the jaw. It and is. It, it is easy to see why we're sliding down the totem pole of world tennis, <clears> if I can use that phrase. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't realise Adelaide was, you know, so backwards now. No. I mean, we give, give Who David... Would, but council must have said, oh, yeah, have your plant sale on the courts. Yeah, use the courts. I mean, I wouldn't have just barged in and set up no, on no, the no, courts No, 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 I, I take your point entirely. I'm just trying to process that information that the council approved the yes. wanton destruction. Because obviously the courts weren't being used yeah. for tennis. This comes from Nick. <laughs> We're still in Adelaide. Mm -hmm. I'm a long-time listener, first-time contributor. Good. I simply had to share this. In a stunning revelation that has left her questioning the very fabric of her existence, <clears throat> my friend Amy, a self-proclaimed sports enthusiast, mm -hmm. 
recently attended her first rugby league game and emerged from the experience as a newfound, newfound convert. At the age of 40, Amy was left wondering why on earth she had never graced the hallowed grounds of a rugby league stadium before. The NRL has achieved its near impossible mission of attracting new supporters in Adelaide, a city known for its rich culture of history, picturesque landscapes and a distinct lack of rugby league fandom. <laughs> Who would have thought that Adelaide, the bastion of Aussie rules football, could hold the key to unlocking Amy's sporting enlightenment? Isn't that great? What isn't a great it, story. It's wonderful. A, it? Any detail about what particular part of rugby league? Like, no, it doesn't go into those sorts of you details. You would imagine that just the sheer brutality. I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, and the generosity uh, of spirit in which it's played. Yes, and, yes, and probably enjoyed the maroon style. Yeah, the maroon style. And quickly got on board that the maroon's the team to follow. I think so. Yeah. That appears to be tacit. Uh, now, this comes from Clinton. He says, I live in Croydon in the outer su eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our local council over many years has had local sport as a high priority mm -hmm. and we are blessed with many first-class facilities in the area. Uh, if I do have a gripe, it's that the government spend $4 million in 2020 on the Springfield Pavilion redevelopment for the Croydon Rangers American Football Club. What? Don't get me wrong, I'm all for a f the $4 million redevelopment, too little in my opinion, but my issue is that the Rangers' season runs from late October to February. What's happening the rest of the year? Well, this is the ethical obligation. I know. Apropos of your suggestion earlier in the year, re-forfeiture of private tennis courts to local council, I would suggest that if a rectangular-shaped field goes unused by the sporting club allocated to it for more than 10 business days, the field is forfeited and relocated to the local rugby league team. In the case of there being no rugby league team in the area, the previous tenants are required to switch to rugby league. Whoa, draconian, but I like it. I like that Now, too. can I suggest also that other things be thought of there? I mean, mm -hmm. if there was a need for community garden in that area, say, apropos the Glenelg-Brighton example you'd raised, could the time between, you know, uh, when the NFL season ends yeah. and starts be handed over to, you know, growing plants, for instance, oh, which yeah, could feed yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Feed the uh, local community. Sure. Now, what's happening to AFL in that area or hockey or volleyball? In Croydon. Yeah, have they all uh, got I've facilities? No I suppose they do. I mean, and what political persuasion... Yeah, would... who's the local member there? Yeah, exactly, and persuaded to part with that... Four million dollars for... Four million dollars for NFL. I mean, it's just madness. And what's happening to other yeah. NFL teams in Melbourne? Hmm. And who else is in the competition apart from Croydon? Well, they might only be able to play two teams and then they're going to have to give it over to Monster Trucks and Michael Bublé concerts oh, and all yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. sort of rubbish. Russell Morris will be playing there every other night. This Just to get from, the ethical uh, Yeah, this comes from Andrew. Life. We're still in Adelaide. Happy Rugby League. I want to tell you a story about the restorative and reconciliatory powers of Rugby League. Gee, has that message got through to the people of Adelaide Apparently, already? Yeah. certainly to Andrew. Lately I found myself embroiled in and uh, aggrieved by conflict within my workplace. Mm -hmm. This conflict is not of my doing, however... It has nonetheless impacted my productivity and motivational levels. Wow. 
Throughout the resolution of this conflict and subsequent mediation sessions, it's come to light that the other party involved is also a devout member of the Church of Rugby League. As you can imagine, the moment both of us discovered our common love for the greatest game of all, hostilities and conflict ceased immediately, with both of us recognising our shared love of the game. Isn't that fantastic? Wow! I believe that with, uh, without the divine and absolute majesty of our wonderful game, this matter would not have been resolved so thoroughly and without complication. It's worth noting that while discussing our shared love of rugby league, that I discovered the other party involved is in fact a manly Warringah Sea Eagle supporter. Whoa, how lucky are they? Given my sworn and unwavering allegiance to the uh, once mighty and one day to return to glory Newcastle Knights, it was my solemn duty to tell the said party how much, in fact, I hate the manly Sea Eagles. Perfect. As such, and since this time, the hostilities have remained respectful with both of us understanding and respecting both my hatred for Manly and his misguided support for them. Isn't that great? I mean, there's a revolution happening in Adelaide. In Adelaide, I mean, how come all of a sudden we've got this avalanche? I know. And I put it down to rugby league. But of course it's to do with the state of origin and, right, and, exactly. and, and Billy's triumph. Yeah, that's right. Billy's triumph against right. the odds. Yeah, in Adelaide. In Adelaide. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, a few people had a bet on the Maroons because they would have got good odds. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, yeah. can I point out, and people are motivated to really express their interest in rugby league and the, hmm. the life-changing forces of rugby league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find this just stunning. And, you know, to think that, again, with the mm. tennis court story notwithstanding, yep. that the majority of people seem to have a positive experience. Well, that's exactly league. right. And it seems to me that it won't be too long down the track, HG, that we hear whispers of the reformation... Of the Rams. The Rams. League lovers, you want to own a horse but don't know how to get involved? Rooting King syndications can cut the red tape and leg you aboard a chestnut certainty in time for the Rural and Regional Cup Carnival. Speak to the rooting team, Weed and Bruce, at the blind side. Now, you're listening to Bludging on the Blind Side. And speaking of numbers and improvements to ovals... Uh, Headline, 98 million to spruce up Sydney's eighth wonder of the world. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Leichhardt Oval. Now, Roy and I have been banging on about the improvements to Leichhardt Oval for years now, but uh, according to this article in Sneesby's Rag, uh, Leichhardt Oval will be given a multi-million dollar upgrade under a plan by Sydney's Inner West Council to restore the site to its former glory as the eighth wonder of the world. Wow. But only if, and this is the big hiccup, only if state and federal governments cough up fresh funding. Now, I would say that's extremely unlikely in the current circumstances. Yeah. I mean, I think this week the Minns government cut in half the uh, amount given to... Oh, sports coupons. Sort good of idea. Yeah. yeah, for school yeah. kids. Yeah. Now, the Inner West councillors will meet on Tuesday to discuss the master plan. I know you'll be speaking at that council meeting, Roy. Uh, developed to fix the stadium, which borders on the state of disrepair, according to That's the That's true. Now, paint is... Didn't we say it was a death trap? A death trap, a fire trap. Yeah. Thousands of people will lose their lives if it goes up. Paint is peeling off the Western Grandstand. Some of the toilets are so dilapidated they've been shut for years. Last year, a railing collapsed mid-match, sending spectators crashing to the ground. The plan would result in new seating being installed and additional grandstand built on the northern end uh, of the stadium, plus refreshed male and female change rooms and a museum of inner-west rugby. Mm -hmm. Now, let's face it, the Sydney Football Stadium required less than... 
<coughs> and uh, those improvements to be knocked over. All they had was a dodgy handrail and a lack of women's toilets. That's right. And they got rebuilt. Did you that. mention the figure ninety-eight million? Ninety-eight million. Is is that the estimate? Well, the council's major option yeah. for the venue cost is ninety-eight million, which would fund a raised roof for the main section of the stadium, seating a new, new media level, <coughs> expanded corporate facilities, and upgraded facilities for players. Right. A forty-five million moderate option would in, introduce new corporate facilities and upgraded lounge, as well as a new ramp entry for ambulance access. Yes. But how many of those plans end up going ahead depends entirely on how much money the governments provide. Now, before we go on, mm. I mean, I, I, I come back to the museum. Yes. See, the Museum of Inner West Rugby League, I mean, if I, I, if I see any, you know, Kurt or Dane Sorensen rubbish or Michael Bolt stuff from the Steelers in that, I'm going to burn it down. Because Inner West Rugby League is, is a rugby league understanding. It's an area defined by, you know, obviously... The city councils that, or yes. the suburban councils that contributed, teams yeah. like, uh, you know, Wests, Tigers, uh, Glebe Fruiterers, uh, Newtown Jets and so on. A very defined area. Yeah. But people are going to love the idea of the Rugby League Museum and dump any sort of garbage in there that they feel like is attached to Rugby League. True, true, true. Well, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to be too critical, but I'm going to be. Um, I, I think they're going about it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. The last thing that Leichhardt Oval needs is corporate bloody boxes. I know. I know. That's the last thing it needs. What we've got to do is preserve its history. Haven't we? We do. We need someone, a builder, someone with experience, to have a look at the rotting timbers that are in the stadium as it stands, or the grandstand. Well, the it's, toilets, not, it's not a stadium, it's a grandstand, an yeah. old-fashioned timber grandstand mm-hmm. with a view to replacing the boards that need replacing, maintaining the patina as it is so that people get the experience of what it's been like to enjoy rugby league since the time prior to Keith Barnes. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's what's required. I mean, I wouldn't ch- I wouldn't change the hill. It's wonderful. Why mm. would you change any of that? Mm. The toilets should remain the same and be preserved. Mm. We mm. mentioned putting coating them in perspex. We did. Brilliant idea. Mm. Just to give the patina. Sure, you would need to to put a, a separate toilet block somewhere, which is more modern. I understand that. I accept mm. that. And I think the public would accept that too. Maybe four or five million spent on a a new toilet block that could be discreetly placed somewhere so it's not too intrusive and doesn't rob from the experience of feeling the ground as it was back in the day. No, I understand. Because that's what people love. People love the memories. And you're looking at the game as it was Uh, in its days of innocence and greatness and potential. Now, Inner West Council has struggled to maintain the venue, which has been partly blamed on previous state governments. Yes. West Invest uh, funding well, it's arrangements. demolition by yeah, de- neglect. Yes, indeed. Demolition by neglect. That's what it is, and, and that's what's got to be arrested. I can remember having a meeting there with Ciro and a few others years ago, mm-hmm. looking at the neglect. And being and, amazed. And, and at being how... amazed at how easy it would be to fix up. Now, can I just raise an issue here with you? Is I'm just wondering if Saudi money could be the answer here. Yes. 
Uh, I mean, I, I think the mistake is uh, with Saudi money is letting Saudi people have too much say <coughs> in how the money's used. Yeah. They've just got to give us the money and bugger off. Sure. Uh, sure. Because, you know, we can put up a plaque saying most of this money was from the Saudi government. We don't care. But then they've had no influence in what we've done with it, which is sure. great. Sure. I mean, if they want a sports wash, get genuine about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that would be great. Well, so, I'm not utterly opposed to that, HG, but I, but I think the 98 million figure is, is is just unrealistic. Let's face it, Leichhardt Oval is going to get at max three or four million. Yeah, I oh, know. No, I agree with this. I agree with this. The and people million, would accept that. It's a dream. You know, it's just, just pie in the sky. To restore, massage, maintain the patina. And maintain the spirit of the place. And repair the planks. Repair the planks. Now, the council campaign is supported by Peter Volandis. Yes. Mr Feathers, we continue to have uh, those discussions in good faith, but we do appreciate their budget situation at the moment, he said, as in, you know, what they're going to do about it, which means nothing. Nothing, yeah. Now, it is sad because it is, as you point out, it's a, it's a sort of... A relatively boutique stadium, but then the, people aren't that interested in the Tigers anymore because they're hopeless. Yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking them for being hopeless. They just are. They are. But but they'll come back, you know, once the centre of excellence in Concord kicks in. You know, once once we start... <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. ...getting some returns um, from that investment. Yeah. Now, that's a pretty major yes. asset, isn't it? It the is. Of it excellence. is. It's got a And a lot of people in the, in the inner west are going to be looking at the amount of money that's gone into the centre of excellence and then think they want $98 million now for what? <laughs> the thoughts of a rugby league toilet. A complex and ambitious work commissioned by Federal Arts Minister Tony Burke is scheduled to be presented by the SSO in concert with the Australian Ballet Company, the Sydney Theatre Company, Taronga Park Zoo and the National Rugby League at Stadium Australia. For details, visit the New South Wales Government website. Now, Roy, um, Freddie, back to the state of origin. Oh, the Blues Coast. The blues coach here, you've forgotten him. Uh, Fiddler has banned alcohol from New South Wales camp as he tries to overcome a shortened preparation, injuries and concussion <coughs> concern before, you know, obviously Wednesday's must-win game. Right. Uh, Fred has normally reserved the first Tuesday night in camp for a bonding session, i.e. getting the piss. Mm -hmm. uh, the coach uh, might have felt uh, like a drink when uh, news filtered through during the week that Luttrell, Trell wouldn't be there. He'd pulled out of the game with a calf injury. He, I hope Trell's gone back to, I think what helped him in the first case to get more or less almost ready was working with the cows mm. yeah, on the farm oh, yeah. around Tariway. Feeding cows seemed right. to be the best yeah. medicine. Yep. Um, it's the second time he's withdrawn, uh, dot, dot, dot. Now, yep. while Queensland enjoyed their traditional pre-bonding, pre-origin bonding session on Tuesday night, yes. Alan Langer as often has his players in fits of laughter with war stories and gags. The Blues drank only water when they gathered for a meal at the entertainment quarter. Now, Dear. see, it's getting a bit weird now. Uh, New South Wales skip uh, James Tedesco, who says no when Maria when wants Jared to punch says, can I, yeah, can I knock him out? <laughs> no. Can I knock him out now? No! <laughs> Just really didn't ask a third time because I felt the fibre of saying no was going to weaken... Uh, it's good that uh, it was Freddie's call, according to 
Jackie. Uh, we've got guys not 100% fit in the last camp. We had guys hobbling through the camp. We normally have one drink after a good session on Tuesday, which is early in the camp, but coming in later this time, the emphasis was making sure we're fit and healthy and strong and ready to go next Wednesday night. It's a small sacrifice to make sure we're all ready to go. Now, the last time players were ordered to stay off the piss uh, was Wayne Pearce was coach. Right. Now, you remember this. Mm-hmm. He took over as New South Wales coach in 1999, yep. tried to promote a healthier lifestyle. However, the Blues players, Robbie Kearns, Bradley Clyde, suffered serious shoulder injuries while riding horses on a trip to Kangaroo Valley yep. uh, when the zero, that was when the zero alcohol policy was abandoned. They came to less trouble when they were on the grog. That's right. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is a good move? Is it good to have the, the no. Teddy and people focusing on... Dead wrong. Mm. Dead wrong. I mean, oh, God almighty. I mean, has this got to be said? <laughs> has it got to be said? Honestly, HG, look, you, you, my idea would be day one. Depends when it is. If it's a Tuesday, so what? If it's a Wednesday, so what? Tuesday, yes. Get everyone together around a keg and a barbecue with a couple of, you know, like Blocker and... Oh, Blocker telling stories. Telling stories yeah. to make them laugh. The day, the day I tapped the, the ref on the head. I, that's right. Mm. You know... Al- and he Alfie, sent me off. Alfie's got some great stories. Mm. You know, very, very funny. What they could do is tape Alfie and then play it to the Blues. <laughs> Which would wind them up. Maybe. 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 But the Blues have their own history. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm only being uh, yeah. stupid. I mean, weren't they called Nizwals at some stage? <laughs> the year New of South the Nizwals. Origin. Get legends. legends. Bring them along. Bring along the Nizwals. The trouble is, do we know anybody who won the series still alive? Wouldn't matter. They'd still have some great stories, even if they lost. You know, mm. it was funny oh, yeah, when true. we lost because da de da de da. We've been on the We should have won, but we never because, well, we were just too stupid. You know, um, we dropped the ball a lot because we, on. we didn't train much and we didn't take the ball security all that seriously. In those days. Because we never had no coach in those days, unlike today where we have... Oh, hang on. <laughs> the Sheds is a getaway holiday experience aimed at rugby league families who want to escape the grind of the league season but still stay in touch with the greatest game of all. It's a 40-20 kick away from Wynn Stadium, but a million miles from care. Booking through bludging on the blind side. Hello, this is Andrew Moore from a beautiful, sunny Western Sydney Stadium at Parramatta. Hope you can join us on Grandstand Rugby League straight after the 2 o'clock news. Three games coming your way. First up at 3 o'clock, Newcastle takes on the Sydney Roosters. That game up at Hunter Stadium. And then here at 5.30, the old rivals going out at Parramatta against Manly Warringah. And at 7.30 tonight at Campbelltown, the West Tigers play the Melbourne Storm. You'll hear every minute of every game uninterrupted right here on Grandstand Rugby League. I'll be joined in the box by two-time Premiership winner Luke Lewis and the Daily Sunday Telegraph's Michael Carianis. And among our guests, Chad Townsend, North Queensland's captain last night in that thrilling victory over Penrith in extra time thanks to the late Scott Drinkwater try. So all that to come straight after Roy and HG on Grandstand Rugby League.
Lodging on the Blind Side is again sponsored by the Queensland Pig Shooting Association, the New South Wales Duck Shooters Confederation, and the Australian Shotgun Museum, Tamora, New South Wales. Yes, look, I should give a plug to the second Women's Origin uh, rugby oh, yeah. fixture on Thursday night. Yep. And it's great news that um, Isabel Kelly... Oh, she's who, back. She had the she's throat, back. throat Yes, injury. now, yeah. you know, the uh, hmm. echoes of the original punch in, um, you know, uh, State of Origin. Yes. Rugby league between Cronin and Artie Beats. That's right. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know, Coach Hilda allayed fears about Kelly's fitness when she named her in the 17-player squad Good. for Game 2 in Townsville. Well, it's a but must win for the Blues too, isn't it? It is, it is. Yeah. And I think people have been... Critical of there not being a third match, yeah. which I am. I'm critical. There should be three it's matches. It's a cumulative score. Well done. Mm. Yeah, it's a sort of uh, the best yeah. combined score. Which satisfies no one, really. No, no. Wins are better. Yeah. So that means that they could, there's no way the maths could work, that they could, well, one side has to win. I was just trying to work out some way where the scores were lopsided. Yeah. Maybe a low-scoring first match and a high-scoring yeah. second match. You it, could find... well, what if the cumulative points are even at the end yeah. of the match? Do they have golden point overtime? Or... They would. They'd have to go out and play another 10 minutes each way. Mm. Anyway, uh, Kelly's Fitness, when she was named in the 17-player squad for the game two in Townsville, but said there were mental barriers she needed to overcome. Good news on Izzy. She got all clear from the specialist, so she'll be right to go. She's got a bit of mental battle herself to get through. It was quite traumatic experience for her. I understand that. Mm. So they're going to work with her during the week to make sure she's ready to go. Right. But physically, she's great. Good. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be just making sure that she's comfortable with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, now, Kelly was practising this week with an NRLW team. Uh, the Roosters and Hilda said there was no, absolutely no preferential treatment. Absolutely, that's the way she wants it. Once she'll be treated, she wants to, you know, that's how you'll go with it. And we won't push it. You'll just let her come in as she feels. You know? Good, good. So that's fantastic. That's very sensible. V very yeah. sensible and yeah. great to think that, uh, you yeah. know, the sort of things that have made blokes interested in rugby league mm. are now filtering across to the women's origin competition. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. Win-win. Win-win. Uh, so Max from Gunning, HG. Oh, you're Gunning. Uh, beautiful little town, It is. Gunning. It's fantastic. Gorgeous town. Lovely old theatre there that um, might have a bookshop in the front area now. Do that, they have coffee? Uh, yeah, I oh, have plenty of coffee places oh, yeah. in, uh, in Gunning, Gunning, yeah. Now, uh, someone said, well, well, Max in Gunning is suggesting that Steve Edmed, the ex-Tiger and Carpenter, could perhaps be commissioned as a foreman and preserver uh, to oversee the restoration of Le the Leichhardt Apple project. Wow, what a great idea. You mean it could be, uh, you know, tradies who might have nothing to do on Tradies Saturday who have a connection, a connection in the area. With, with the Tigers. Or yeah, with... And, and maybe they could get a season ticket? Yeah. Sure. Go to the joint? Yes. And especially the museum where there'd be plenty of well, challenging that, Well, that's right. Or, or they have access to the Concord Centre ah, of Excellence. Yeah, to go swimming. To go something. swimming yeah, or, or lift weights. Have their or... photos taken or take oh, a couple take... of mates. Yeah, with Luke Brooks before he goes. Yes. Now, Maybe. can I ask, would you accept 
a more community involvement for the area. Yes. So as I, I've got to be honest here, is they would only play a few matches there a year, and when yes. I mean a few, maybe up to eleven. Yes. That number again. Yes. Uh, they'd have to. But play it gets something. a lot of use from schools. No, I understand schools. Yeah. Schools and your ethical yeah. obligation. Yeah. You know, would be big. You know, you'd have your monster trucks out there on a tour. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's more. You'd, you'd have a school team, school sport happening there every afternoon. Would you? Oh yeah. Is that, I know you're close to it. Yes. Is that was one of the proposals, school sport every afternoon? Well, it's, it's happening anyway. No, I know. I understand yes. that. But... So, so it's always in use. Right. You know, and there's no reason why the restoration, you know, the replacing of the uh, rotted timbers, etc., couldn't take place at the same time as the schools are no, there. No, I get well, that. It wouldn't get into each other's way no, at I all. No, I get that. No. Now, has it got lights? I believe it has got lights. And so you could yes. play a night They, they could be upgraded. Yeah, oh, of course they could be upgraded. <laughs> they could have light bulbs in them, for instance. Sure. And, you know, the ones that are dark. That are covered in replaced. mesh to stop people you know, throwing, rocks, throwing at rocks at them. Sure. Or getting their slug guns out. Yeah. <laughs> now, can I ask, would there be a night competition possible? Yes, there would be possible. And you might be able to play several Monday night. Well, there'd be a lot of local... Uh, comps. Yeah, t- t- touch footy. Uh, touch footy, yeah. You know, business, business people, lunch times. Oh, we're starting to get a good use you know, out let's, of it. Let's go to Leichhardt Oval and get a bit of a comp happening as long as we're away by, you know, so one five to two because that's when the oh, yeah. schools move in. <laughs> For their afternoons. No, no, I get yeah. you. I get you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Mm. That's fantastic. Mm. I mean, I am mindful of the ethical obligation and our commitment. Yes. You are my commitment in the bludging on the blindside communities. Oh, it's commitment got to up holding the... If you're going to put $4 million into this... Yeah. And Steve Edmett's assessment might be much less than $4 million. I we know. don't know. I know. But I'm but sure... timber is very expensive now. It's enormously expensive. Very expensive. And some of these timbers are quite large. Yeah. Oh, they'd have to go on site, uh, online to find them. Yeah, well, perhaps. You know, or you might be able to use some recycled re- timber. That's what I'm looking for, recycled online. Yes. Yeah. And that'd be up to Steve Edmett and his team. To sniff out. To, yes, to, to source. Correct. The, the, source. The, the, the various timbers that are required, yes. Now, a colleague, uh, Dennis Carnahan, has got his, he's got his rugby league, the musical on, and this is his 2023 national tour of Queensland. A couple of dates this week. June the 22nd, he'll be playing Central Coast. Now, I'm wondering if that's good timing. No. Ah, it's a joke. Oh. And the Wollongong one's on June the 30th. It's listed as the Art House Studio in Wyong. They might have a big screen up, though, there. That's a great venue. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Wollongong, they're playing on the 30th. So that'll be great for people interested in the, a national tour of Queensland, which largely consists of New South Wales dates. Good. Rugby League Relief is now operating in 43 war-torn dumpster fire countries. It is bringing a powerful message of hope and a brighter tomorrow through the greatest game of all. Proudly supported by Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, the Ponga case. Mm-hmm. We broke a story a while ago concerning doctor shopping and concussion. Yes. Uh, I think the simple idea is if you don't like what the doctor's saying, get another doctor. Get another opinion. Yeah, get another opinion. A perfectly standard medical practice. Sure. Now, Kalen Ponga, uh, a quick summary of Kalen Ponga's position is he seems to not be able to play for Queensland because he's recovering from concussion. Yes. But this doesn't prevent him from playing for Newcastle in the same week as he's recovered from concussion. Right. Now, this is a, a, a weird thing, but it sparked a story that I know has dogged a lot of people in the Medico caper. Yes. 
A leading neuroscientist said he was offended by the claim by Newcastle Knights that their marquee player, Caelan Ponga, needed to travel to Canada for brain testing. Now, this happened a little while ago. That's right. Uh, the concussion expert, Prof Pierce, says gold standard technology is available in Australia and he provides similar brain testing in Melbourne. Prof Pierce said uh, this type of testing measuring the electrical activity of the brain has been around since, wait for it, 1930. Woo. Ponga recently travelled to Vancouver to have an advanced device measure his neuropsychological markers. Right. The, I hope that's, yeah, close to correct pronunciation. Now, the Knights said the trip was successful and the Newcastle captain would be pencilled in to return in round eight. This is some time ago. The type of testing, the measuring of the electrical activity in the brain, mentioned 1930s. Yep has been used in assessing the impact of concussion since uh, around 2007 in, say, rugby league or football circumstances. Nothing new. We have a gold standard level of similar testing here in Australia. I did feel rather offended by the comment around the fact that we we don't have it done, the possibility of having it done here. We don't have that product, but very similar technology is available. Me, mean, distinguish between brands. Right. What's he's... What's he going to Canada over to Canada for is essentially what I do, but slightly different way. I stimulate the brain, hook him up with electrodes, and look at the results from the computer. For me, that was a slap in the face for Australian doctors and scientists because there's nothing unique. I agree with that. Now, you've been close to this for some time, Roy. Sure. How must the neuroscience community feel about players bludgeoning off, getting on planes and flying to Canada to get this stuff which is available in, the, in our own backyard. Yeah. And the cost, Roy, the impost on cost on clubs who can't afford boots. Yeah. You know, can't afford food for players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I, I, I have no doubt we would have the facilities in Australia to do such measuring. Um, I, I know in days gone by there's been some experimental work done in this area. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I remember Grassy at the um, Shamrocks, Shamrocks uh, had his sort of rough, ready uh, method of determining whether someone was uh, concussed or not. Um, he would um, get some jump-starting wires out of the boot of his car and attach it to the battery and attach it to the head of the player and depending on how much the player jumped, once the electrodes were attached to either ear would give him some insight that we couldn't interpret, but he said he could to determine whether someone was seriously... Concussed. Concussed or not. Mm. Generally speaking, uh, they appeared a lot more cogent and coherent once the electrodes were taken off and uh, released from the battery than they were prior to the experiment taking place. Can I ask what they could What what it did say to me, HG, Mm -hmm. is that there's no reason why clubs shouldn't be able to have this technology as part of their centres of excellence. What a great breakthrough. That's incredible. And can I point out, yeah. this year there's been an enormous breakthrough in, the in as I understand it, mm. blood and concussion. Yes. Now, am I right to understanding? Is my well, you, understanding you can relate right? anything. You, you can read any part of discharge from the body. If you've got pimples and there's pus oozing, you can take that pus to assess what sort of concussion the, the, the body is, is experiencing. Right? Yes. Same with stools. If uh, if uh, stools are examined in the correct way and the uh, correct tests are given, that will give you an insight into concussion as well. Now, blood, this... stool, pus. Some are suggesting that nose, blowing your snot, nose, yes, mucus, and, yes. And you just put it on the petri dish, put it on a plate, and put a couple of drops of something on it. 
And if it comes up purple, hey, buddy, you can't play this weekend. I'm That's sorry. It. The facts are in. That's it. Now, why are we running this out, rolling this out to say, why doesn't... Well, there's Mike a conspiracy, open... isn't exactly. there? Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Absolutely right. Conspiracy. Do the research, people tell me. We're doing the research here. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, yeah, all right. can I ask, when you... When... See, the thing is, clubs don't want to take responsibility. They don't. They're, they're worried they're going to be sued down the track, you know. They, they, they feel they can argue their case in court. You know, did you do the stool test? Yes. Did you do the mucus test? Yes. Did, mm-hmm. did you do... Did, the battery? Did you do the, <laughs> the battery work? Well, no, we never did. Why not? Well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, can I ask, did grass apply the, the, what I call the alligator clips from the end of your <laughs> jumper legs to the ears? Yes. Well, I tell you what, that hurts like hell. Yeah, without putting a charge through the head, just putting the clips on hurts like hell. That'll oh, sort them out. I know. But that gave Grass the first indication. Now, if they didn't react to the pain of the clips, he knew there was something wrong. <laughs> Slam it shut. The internationally accredited garage door specialists can have your old rust bucket roller off the pegs and on its way to the tip in seconds. Give Brandon the cheese smith a ring and have him come around and let you know just how worthless your clunker is. Special blindside discounts throughout November. How did Grass pick out people who he thought were concussed? I mean... Well, they'd been hit on the head hard and they were wobbly. Yeah, exactly, literally... Wobbly and they had trouble finding their cars. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And did he... And often dressed inappropriately, you know, they might... Pants on the head. Have a shower, (laughs) that's right. Pants on the head. You know, only one leg in the trackie, yeah, and the, the keys dangling off the no, off the member. Yeah. <laughs> now, did he worry about concussion? Did he take it seriously as an issue? I mean, obviously, this is a you know, you would have yeah. a number of people who have been under the battery, yeah, uh, you know, who, who may not have ever recovered. From yeah. That. Look, I, I think he had the view, which is a very old-fashioned one and not one that's acceptable anymore, that. He used to describe some players as uh, concussion specialists. Yeah, I know. That they played better when they were concussed. Concussed, yeah. And uh, I remember one really silly idea he had uh, before a grand final against the uh, Dubbo Sims. Uh, He deliberately cussed two of our forwards. Uh, How'd they go? Well, not so good. He knocked them out completely. (laughs) They were carried off straight to the uh, district hospital and uh, that was it. Missed the game and we had to use a couple of reserve graders in the forwards and lost. Yeah. Yeah, so it went wrong. But that can happen, man. That does happen in rugby league. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go back to the person who got the injection into the foot uh, at this grand final replay, was it, in about 77, and the foot was numb. And oh, this is Changel Angler. Changel Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think it was to the groin area. Oh, the groin area. Yeah, yeah, and his whole leg went he, he lost control of. Yeah. Right, right, fair enough. Which, which affected his game because yeah. he had an enormous sidestep. Yes. But, of course, the sidestep wasn't there because he, he, he was on one leg. Yeah. Very hard to sidestep on one leg. It is. People know you've... You know, you, you're going to fall gonna over. Work. Yeah. Get, get you. Well, I mean, that is true. That rugby league is a place of experimentation, though. Yeah. It's not nearly as much now as it used to be. Oh, well, every coach wants to get an edge. I mean, just, yeah, just, true, just look true, at Bellamy. True. Look at what Bellamy's up to for the 20 wrestling. years. I know, with the wrestling and the map men. You know, and now the word is out on batteries. I mean, I know, this week, who's going to have all the players around... In the oh, car park, yeah, you know, up. bonnet up, yeah, Gallagher clips on. on the ears, yeah. turn over the motor, yeah. let's see who jumps the highest. 
That'll be Bellamy. <laughs> That's the end of uh, bludging on the blind side for this week. So many issues we didn't get to. Wednesday night, of course, it's all back on Suncorp. Uh, Maroons have to win to take the series. That's as simple as I can put it, or the Blues have to square the series by winning in Suncorp. <coughs> anyway, more bludging on the blind side, more issues, more fun next week. Thanks for being there today. Remember the podcast. It'll be up soon. And bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.